Welcome to the seventh report. Are you struggling to find that perfect Valentine's Day gift for the special someone who seems to have all that they want? You should avoid the stress and head to www.tnbrookery.wixsite.com site to make your gift even sweeter. The brookery offers seven unique flavors of soft, rich croissants that make your Valentine's Day gift a unique treat. Place your order at www.tnbrookery.wixsite.com site for more information. Check the brookery out on Facebook and Instagram for additional chances to win free croissants. Again, that website is www.tnbrookery.wixsite.com site. Give a tasteful gift this Valentine's Day. Visit the brookery today. This is the seventh report. Your host here, Harrison Hunter. I'm just excited to be here. The official launch day of Vendetta Media. That is the company that is co-founded by myself and Trey Dalbert. We are creating a sports website. And a little bit about us. Vendetta Media was created to bring real sports journalism to real sports fans. If you're tired of the same old mainstream sports outlets... We offer a different approach, no agendas, no clickbait, no hot takes, just real opinions by real fans, just like you. So kick back, relax, and leisurely scroll through our original articles, podcasts, and video content. Our goal is to provide you with the inside information on your favorite teams that you won't find anywhere else. That's a little bit about us. We're so excited. Today is our first official launch day. For Vendetta Media. And what it is, is exactly what we talked about in the About Us. It's a website for what we used to have. Remember the days when SportsCenter had the top 10 and you were watching ESPN and you were learning to get sports and it was really the, the worldwide leader in sports. They can still say that today just because of the reputation they have. But boy, have they gone downhill. And it's surprising that, you know, you, you see these others. Barstool Sports has taken a lot of... Um, their people away, their their clients, who people who listen, they're for the common people. They've done a really good job. We're going to be nothing like any of these places. I think the no agenda and the no clickbait stuff is, is going to be what differentiates us. We're not going to make a title just because we want clicks or views. We're not going to uh, take a hot take so that you can talk about it and it gets spread all, all, the, all the world. And we're not, we don't want to be a joke. We want to be a fundamentally well-established business and a website where the look is simple, everything is simple, you enjoy it, and we can give you great news, great sporting news. That's exactly what we want, and we hope to bring you that. And by bringing you this, um, it's just so exciting. Today is the first day. This is the first episode under the Vendetta Media umbrella. I, I couldn't I couldn't be more excited. Got two pretty big posts coming at your way from yours truly. Why Julio Jones is the best receiver in the NFL. You got to check that out. And why the Philadelphia Eagles will win Super Bowl 52. It's super interesting. I'm trying to convince you, whether you believe it or not, the Eagles do have a chance to beat the Patriots here, even if it is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. The difference between Julio Jones and Antonio Brown, there is a difference, and this is what I talk about in the article, I'd love for you to read it, is there is a difference between the best receiver in the NFL, the best at your position, and the most productive. Because by far, Antonio Brown has been the most productive receiver 
in the entire NFL for a couple years. But Julio Jones is the best overall receiver in the NFL. I'm hard-pressed to find someone that if I say, okay, it ends today, the NFL ends today, and it's a fantasy draft like in Madden, and you get, and the first receiver off the board taken is Julio Jones. It has to be, right? He's too good. He's too physical. He's too big. He runs great routes for his size. He's a great blocker. I don't know. It's just going to be tough to take him. Let's shift Super Bowl coverage, man. That's exactly why we chose today. We've got all the Super Bowl coverage that's coming to you all day, all weekend. Super Bowl starts on Sunday. Philadelphia Eagles, New England Patriots. Just a new team for the Patriots to face, huh? Again, here they are, where people have said that the Philadelphia Eagles have... 13 of the 15 most talented players, and you've got two of the 15 on the Patriots. I don't know if I believe that, but what that means is they've got Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and then the offensive and defensive line are the next <laughs> the next best players because that offensive and defensive unit for the Philadelphia Eagles is unbelievable. They're all athletic. But how many predicted that Nick Foles would lead you here? Right, I imagine that a lot of people, or if anyone picked the Eagles, which I think is an interesting pick if you had picked them in the beginning of the season, you picked it behind the play of Carson Wentz. Nick Foles wasn't even on the radar. And I'm not sure that if Carson Wentz plays against the Minnesota Vikings, that they have a better chance. I think Nick Foles played his tail off. I think it's unbelievable. There's, there's no chance that Carson Wentz plays better than Nick Foles two weeks ago. There's no way. I do believe the Eagles could have a chance to take down the Patriots. They do a couple things extremely well that will make it very, very, very hard on the Patriots. One, the defensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be the best that they've faced all year, and they get after the quarterback. But what they do is they stop the run first, right? So they're, they're all great pass rushers that stop the run. It's uh, the number one run defense in all the NFL for a reason, they continually ate up great offensive lines, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Falcons, even when they played and they uh, lost 15 to 10, or the Philadelphia Eagles won 15 to 10 in, my Falcons. But it does help that they have one of the best interior linemen in the NFL in Fletcher Cox. I think that they're athletic. I think that they're big, and they use their hands extremely well. Not only that, but they can get after the quarterback. Once you stop the run, they got guys like Derek Barnett that will just go eat. Brandon Graham, those guys are good. Very, very talented. And I think they're going to give the Patriots a lot of fits along the offensive, offensive line front. Secondly, I think the offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. So the trenches are going to be where Philadelphia has the biggest edge. And usually, if you can establish the trench game and win the trench game, you usually win. Center Jason Kelsey was the number one rated center this season per NFL football focus, pro football focus. The best center in in the entire NFL. Not only that, they were the rated number one offensive line through the entire season. So you got the best center, other than my Alex Mack, of course. And then you've got the best offensive line in football. So you take one of the, the top-run defense and a great pass-rushing defensive line, and then you combine that with the offensive line that is the most athletic, best center, best offensive line in the entire NFL. And they what's so awesome about their offensive line, you'll see this, Defenders will look confused because the way that Doug Peterson has set up this offense and their unique blocking scheme, 
is you see guys fill in the hole, right? Like the Falcons are, are well known for gap to gap coverage, which is a pretty basic standard throughout the NFL that every guy gets a single gap. But what the Philadelphia Eagles do is they bring different looks at you blocking-wise. Like, they'll bring a guard or a tight end in a place where no defensive line would expect it. And then they'll run the same play but not have the guard or tackle or tight end come reach you. They won't even pull. So it's how they do this is very unique. They set up their blocks in a very different way. They don't give you the same uh, blocking looks to create confusion along the defensive line. And as well as they block extremely well in space because they're athletic. And then you add on that they uh, run the run pass option extremely well. And Nick Foles has looked very comfortable in that. So I think the Patriots will do their best to stop the run, guard the box, and then their next adjustment will be stopping the run pass option. So you're going to see Philadelphia try to run the football. And then you're going to see him go into the run pass option. And I think Bill Belichick's going to take bo- try to take both of those away and force Nick Foles to have a similar game that he did against the Vikings because I think Bill Belichick is willing to risk that because he doesn't think Nick Foles can do that again, which is a fair point. Not to mention the Philadelphia Eagles led in one other very important statistic, time of possession. That's another huge statistic. If they can lead in time of possession in this game, control the offensive and defensive fronts and run the football, that will set up their run pass option. Or maybe Nick Foles does take a couple shots down the field because people don't think he will. I just think the offensive creativity of Doug Peterson is another edge here. But again, you give two weeks to Belichick and Brady and Matt Patricia, it's just going to be tough. Josh McDaniels is a great offensive coordinator with Brady. Two weeks you give him, that is a long time to prepare. It's the longest they'll have all season. I don't know if the game plan is going to change when Wentz went out because it didn't. Nick Foles hopped right in there just like they asked him to. They executed the run-pass option extremely well against the Falcons' defense, which was really gaining steam this season, and then against arguably the best defense in the NFL in the Vikings. Let's see if they do it. But up and down the roster, there are a few positions that I think the Patriots have it better than the Eagles. Of course, you have the quarterback, Tom Brady, tight end at Rob Gronkowski. But I, I do think you get some edge, too. Like, I think the... Patriots cornerbacks are better. Butler and Stephon Gilmore, I I do think that they have an edge. I don't know about the safety play. I think the safeties for the Eagles are are a little bit better. But I wouldn't take the Patriots' defensive line. I don't know if i take the linebacker core either, but maybe the more disciplined. And under Matt Patricia and, of course, Bill Belichick's teaching, maybe, maybe you do take them, but you don't take the offensive line. Maybe you take the receivers. I like Brandon Cooks over Alshon Jeffrey. So maybe you do take the Patriots receiver. Maybe you take the Patriots running backs too, right? Deion Lewis, James White, <laughs> a pretty dang good, you know. Yeah. And then if you have LeGarrette Blunt and J.H.I.A., but LeGarrette Blunt, the Patriots let him go. So arguably that they, they've got the two guys that they want in there, and then they let go who sometimes the Philadelphia Eagles rely on. So it's just super interesting. We'll have more. Thanks for hanging. Uh, coming back after the break, this is the seventh report. Welcome back to the Seventh Report. Your host here, Harrison Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at the Seventh Report. We are under the umbrella of Vendetta Media officially. Today is the first launch day. You can find Vendetta Media at underscore at media underscore Vendetta. We're super excited to get this thing going. It's the first official launch day. It still seems unreal to me. 
we talked about the Super Bowl in the first half of the show. Next, we've got to talk about LeBron James. How, how much better does it get for a show for me, right? Like, I get to talk about the Super Bowl and LeBron James today. Two of my favorite topics <laughs> ever. I want to preface this by saying I was completely wrong when LeBron James chose to go back to Cleveland over the Miami Heat. I thought for sure he was staying. He created a culture there. It was a winning culture. He won. He was going to continually bring free agents in because Miami is such a great destination to be, and people want to be there and want to play with LeBron and want to play for Pat Riley. And then they completely split up, which I never foresaw. I never even thought it was a chance. I thought Miami had the greatest chance to keep him. And little did I know, it just shows how little we think we know. People are going to say, yeah, I knew he was going to go to Cleveland or yeah, but it really does show that LeBron James just does what he wants and we have no indication or feel of what he's going to choose and he doesn't care what we think or what we want him to choose. So without further ado, I went ahead and picked top five (laughs) destinations that LeBron wants to go to. Of course, I just said what I just said and that may negate what I'm saying. Hmm, That was pretty confusing. But if you think about it, The top five destinations, in my opinion, for LeBron James to end his career. The Houston Rockets, the San Antonio Spurs, the LA Clippers, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'll walk through why I think each one is a good fit and why they do have a chance. I don't put the Lakers on here because, A, everyone else is saying the Lakers. And I think if he's going to go to LA, it's going to be where LeVar Ball is not. Because can you imagine, LeBron brings enough drama as it is. Could you imagine if (laughs) you add LeVar Ball in there? Hey, you're not passing to my kid enough. Back and forth, press conference, it would be... It would be just the most annoying thing to be a part of. And maybe maybe that is <coughs> possibly what he wants or wants to be a part of. I can't, I don't envision that. I don't see that. But I don't put the Lakers on here because I don't think they stand as good of a chance as everyone thinks that they do. And I may, I think the Clippers, if they start dumping all, the, all this cap, may have more money to spend and more money to give if they do. Because they're making a push for LeBron. But the Houston Rockets are my top destination. Why? Why is it appealing? It's in the Western Conference, so why would he go there? Well, he'd go there because since Kyrie Irving left, he's handled the basketball way more, way higher rate, which I don't know if he necessarily wants to do that. Remember, he told Kyrie he could take over the kingdom. He would give him the keys to the kingdom when he was ready. Whether that's true or not, or whether he's just saving face, regardless... If Chris Paul was to re-sign because he's a free agent and they were to somehow get rid of the Ryan Anderson deal, which if they gave up a pick or two, I imagine that that, that's a real possibility. They're going to be over the luxury tax, no question. Again, probably for the third season in a row, and that's another another impending charge at the end of the season. But that's what it takes nowadays, apparently, in the NBA to make a great team is going into the luxury tax and being okay with going into the luxury tax. I think the Houston Rockets are extremely great. They're very, very high on his list. Regardless of what he says, the chance to play with, if Chris Paul resigns, he can handle the basketball. If James Harden, I mean, he's there. He can handle the basketball. But, of course, LeBron can't handle the basketball. And to think Chris Paul and James Harden can't become or um, shoot like become spot-up shooters at times during the games. Are they going to want to handle the basketball more? Yes, but I think LeBron, as he gets older and his career starts fading back, he's okay with giving up 
the main responsibilities. Like, go look at when him and Kyrie were on the floor. He he would give Kyrie a lot of leeway, a lot of room to let Kyrie do what he does. And I think that that would be the same. He might even give more leeway to James Harden and Chris Paul because of the players that they are. But could you imagine that? Chris Paul, James Harden, and LeBron James on one team? I mean, that that's absurd. That team has a very good chance to take down the Warriors. And I think that's all that LeBron is trying to do. And by the end of by the end when the dust settles, right? LeBron James if he averages and scores more points than any player and he wins th- championships at three different with three different teams, I th- I think he's got a very 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 good case for best player of all time. I really do. And I'm a LeBron James guy and I know that's a little biased, but I still agree that Michael Jordan is the best, and I don't think LeBron can beat Michael at his own game by getting six championships. I think LeBron has to do it differently. But if LeBron, for a non-scorer, right, he's he's never been the best offensive player in the game of basketball, and for him to lead the league's history in points total total points, if he if he's able to do that, how do you argue with that? And then he wins another championship at a third location. Man, that's hard to argue with. So Houston, I think, is up there. Even though it is in the Western Conference, he wouldn't have to play. They're winning now. And so if you just added LeBron James to the mix and, of course, went over the salary cap by a big margin, you just that that team is so much better. And he doesn't have to have as much wear and tear on his body. He can rest more. He loves resting during the regular season. With this Cavs team, (laughs) he's not going to be able to rest, especially with Kevin Love out. My second thing, my second place is the San Antonio Spurs. I think he's always wanted to play for Coach Popovich. I think that their egos would run into each other sometimes, and I think the rules of Popovich would get into LeBron and and LeBron wanting to be the manager and, and you know customizing his team. I don't know if they, he gets that leeway, but maybe he gives that up in San Antonio because he trusts what they do and how they've done things. Um, I don't know if it's a good fit, but I think basketball wise, it's a great fit. Like I think. Having set plays and running plays with LeBron, like if you gave him someone that he respects, like a Coach K, like a Coach Pop, that list is very short probably. But Coach Popovich is prob- is on there. I-, I have no question about it. If you've ever seen him interact with him or give him praise or talk about him, he has the utmost respect for Coach Popovich. And that would be fun to have Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James on the same team. I don't think you'd be able to keep LaMarcus Aldridge, so maybe you re-sign Pau Gasol to a one-two-year deal because he's a free agent. Maybe get him for a little bit cheaper. Um, but they'd have to give a, give, get rid of LaMarcus Aldridge and his contract, maybe get some um, depth players behind him and give, give a good team, give another team a, a power forward. I, I think that's a, that's a doable case, and I think the San Antonio Spurs would, would be a likely suitor for LeBron James. The Los Angeles Clippers. This is the L.A. team without LeVar Ball, as I referenced it earlier. And I think they do have a very, very, very unique opportunity. right? They're, if you would have told me DeAndre Jordan would have been the only one left after <laughs> the little house incident where he got locked in his own house, I would have laughed at you. But he is. J.J. Redick is gone. Chris Paul is gone. Blake Griffin is now gone. <laughs> and now it's just DeAndre Jordan. And to be honest, they're trying to get rid of him. And if they trade Lou Williams, I'll tell you this. The way you know if LeBron is coming back or not is if K- Cleveland keeps the pick, the Brooklyn pick. If they keep it, LeBron's leaving. If they trade it, LeBron has, has committed to them. Now, he could still leave because that's what he did in Miami. That's what he told Pat Riley when he was staying, and then he left. 
So maybe maybe that isn't a good indicator, but I, I think that's the, the strongest indicator we as the media or we as fans have is if they keep the Brooklyn pick, LeBron James is leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's, that is honest. That is as honest as I can get. With all that being said, if the Clippers open up their cap space like they have in trading players away, if they get rid of DeAndre for a couple different players, if they get rid of Lou Williams for a couple different players, although I think LeBron would love to play with Lou Williams. I just I don't know um, what their motive is behind. Maybe he gets paid too much. Maybe it's just too much cap hit. Um, but I think the L.A. Clippers, I think L.A. is a great spot for him, but I think this team, he would have he would be able to do more, especially if they got Paul George to come in. He would be able to do more with that roster, uh, and playing for Doc Rivers would be awesome too. I think I think he would like that. Philadelphia, right? The Philadelphia 76ers. He this is how he's these last two teams he stays in the East, which is what I think he should do in the first place, unless he goes to Houston. Like if I'm him, Houston is my number one target. And Chris Paul resigns. I like that that if I'm LeBron, that's where that's where I go. But if he wants to stay in the East have a, a fairly easy, now Gordon Hayward comes back to Boston, that Boston Celtics team is not, I mean, they're having trouble without him. So imagine what, what they would look like with him. So I don't, I don't know if he does want to stay in the East, but if he does want to stay in the East, Philadelphia and Milwaukee give him a great opportunity. Philadelphia's got some seriously young talent around him, which is what LeBron has, consi- he's consistently avoided over his career. So I don't know if at this point he's willing to, have to offset that and go to one of these younger teams and, and have them play because Milwaukee's also a young team. If you have Giannis and, and you have Jabari Parker, if they keep him. and uh, it's, it's just interesting that the two Eastern teams that he's willing to go to are both young, young teams. But Philadelphia's got Joel Embiid, and I think they would be awesome together. I think that would be such a fun matchup. The 76ers and the Warriors having Joel Embiid go against Draymond Green in the finals. Boy, what a what a matchup that would be to watch. I, I just I think that would be phenomenal. It would be so much fun. But I think Philadelphia is a very, very, very good place for him to go. It's a great basketball town. They've been well known. Uh, he would stay in the East again, and it'd be a young core nucleus that is very, very, very talented. Um, but I, I think maybe Milwaukee has a better chance just because the most important positions today in basketball is a three. I think it's the small forward and then a point guard. But if you can create wing depth, like if you could have LeBron or Giannis play the power forward as well as the small forward, you've got such a unique lineup where you can almost do what Golden State does. Miami was a lot like Golden State before Golden State, except that they didn't shoot the three ball like Golden State. They went small. They went outside shooting game. Like Chris Bosh was a shooter and a rim protector. He well, he was just an all-around great player. I loved watching Chris Bosh. But they didn't shoot the three like Golden State does. Like they get the penetration and pass it right out. And the Golden State Warriors are unbelievable. Best three-point shooting team I've ever seen. But Milwaukee has a chance to have Giannis and LeBron James on that same team. Now they have to move around some pieces to get him. But I think that'd be a, a, I think he would like to go there. I think that's a very good opportunity. Um, someone threw out Minnesota. I thought that was interesting. I don't know how they're going to pay everyone. There's a, a lot of different personalities on that team. Uh, I think he'd be a great fit if they were able to keep Jimmy Butler, Jeff Teague, Cat. You know, I, I think that'd be a great, great team. They had Wiggins. Maybe he's one of the ones who gets moved again for LeBron. <laughs> 
how interesting would that be? But again, like I said earlier, the, the best indicator of, of how we know something is going to happen is if the Brooklyn pick gets traded. If the Brooklyn pick does get traded, LeBron's probably staying in Cleveland, and he could leave, but he would have. That's how we can understand that he's assured management, like, hey, I'm here to stay. Go get me that piece. I need it for this season. I just don't think it happens. I really don't. I think he's going on. And I think Houston, San Antonio, the Clippers, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee are all great suitors and stuff and, and places he'd listen to, places that he'd be interested in going. I appreciate you listening to the Severance Report. Your host, Harrison Hunter here. Remember, under the Vendetta Media umbrella, follow me on Twitter at the Seventh Report. Follow Vendetta Media on Twitter at media underscore vendetta. Official launch day, Super Bowl LeBron James. I love it. Thanks for listening to the Seventh Report.